right, all right, here we go. The NBA Dream Podcast is back. This is the NBA edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined today by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself will go ahead and we'll cover some hot NBA topics, NBA Saturday games, and of course, we'll go ahead and we'll cover our best bets. Also, our featured segment for today, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to call it the Saturday Five Contest. More on that in a minute. So let's bring Mackenzie in here. Mac, the NBA Dream Pod is back as we took... You know, we took two weeks off. We had some things we had to work on, things that we needed to attend to. Also had to lighten up our schedule a little bit. The NBA pods were getting stretched a little bit thin. We were being stretched a little bit thin. But I do have to ask you, because I felt like this, like there's been something that's missing from my life, and it's doing NBA pods with Mackenzie. So not sure if you feel the same way, but glad to go ahead and be back here on the airways with you doing our NBA stuff. Absolutely, man. It was my favorite part of the day, uh, our NBA bet tank pods. Um... However, uh, I definitely appreciated a a little bit of a uh, reprieve, a little bit of a sojourner, uh, which wasn't necessarily uh, a sojourner as in like a vacation, but uh, more of a refocusing um, on my day-to-day activities. And uh, there's a lot of progress made behind the scenes that you don't see uh, that, you know, not only make, you know, I think improvements to uh, pregame and what we're trying to do in different uh, uh, ventures that we see in our future that uh, we're extremely excited about, but also me. I, I'm not. Uh, I am a better handicapper today because of the rigors of this job. You know, getting really good at spreadsheets, getting really good at understanding um, the logic behind uh, analytics, and uh, I really appreciate that part of my job. So uh, I've been diving into it pretty hardcore the last couple of weeks, and I'm uh, really, really happy about the pro- some progress that I've made uh, in the research department on that front. Um, and I'm even more excited to have that part of my job and my life compartmentalized for this moment and talking about the NBA with you. Because that, again, uh, it's um, it's the most enjoyable part of my day. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, it's certainly fun, you know, and not being able to, you know, chit chat with you, you know, every day like we were, you know, for the NBA bed tank pods. I felt like something was missing, but we got squeezed a little thin. You know, we had the soccer pods were going. We had the NBA pods going. We had all the. You know, regular dream pods with RJ and everybody and stuff like that. So it was getting a little, it was getting a little tight uh, within our schedule, and we felt like, you know, together that we were slipping a little bit, especially with some of our NBA content. But here's what we're gonna do: we're going to release an NBA bet tank pod for you guys on Fridays, and then we'll do the dream podcast uh, either late Friday night or early Saturday and get that out to you. Now we're only gonna do this, you know, until football pretty much ends. Once NFL's over and college football's over, soccer's over. Mackenzie and I, we're going to have a lot more time to go ahead and get back into a, a little bit better of a schedule for you guys, you know, when it comes to the NBA pods. But we have a lot of stuff to get to today, so we're happy that we're back here. Mackenzie, you have a game that you want to talk about. We have Boston, we have Golden State. Current line in this game right now, Boston minus two and a half. And we have a total of 237. You have a play in this one. Actually, we have a couple plays in this game. What are you looking at? Look at that total. Say that total again out loud. 237. That says a lot about the Celtics. A lot about the Warriors, and we have a segment coming up. Uh, Mackenzie's most amazing stat, and I'll uh, I'll break the glass a little bit early. One hundred and twenty offensive rating. Forgive me if you've heard it, but it it uh, deserves underscoring. The Celtics have the best offense ever at the moment, and I don't think relative to competition they might be the best offense over the moment. So it says two things. It says. The Celtics are surging with a new coach and without Time Lord on offense, playing a faster pace, taking advantage of the take foul rule, uh, playing amazing half-court offense as well, 108 half-court offensive rating. Remember in the finals last year, 
That was their bugaboo. They couldn't get anything going in the half court. New coach, Joe Masula, better results. Again, 120 offensive rating. And their defense, still 110th. That's why they put it all together. They have emerged as the title favorites, and it's not even particularly close. Our consensus odds here at pregame.com, plus 340. The next closest is almost twice the payout. The Bucks at plus 570. So they're putting it all together. And the Warriors, on the other hand, have fallen off the of face of the earth. Draymond Green's still there. You wouldn't know it. Last year's Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Um, making more headlines these days, talking about uh, who's the greatest player of all time and this and that and uh, which agency he should uh, be paid for uh, under the table and over the table and all that. But the Warriors went from a top two defense last year to now bottom 10. And that's why not only you see the total emerge where it was 230 at open, which is already 15 points higher than the average total between these two teams over the last three years, but it surged up since then. Bookmakers were wrong. It should have been higher. It's now 237, six points higher. Um, so that's the story of the game. I mean, not only have this, has the total moved, but the Celtics have gone from even teams last year to the finals to now two and a half points better on the road. Call it five points better. I know Andrew Wiggins is out. That does not move the needle nearly this much. So that just raises the question. I mean, we've seen these teams. We understand that the playoffs are the playoffs and the regular season's regular season. Different momentum uh, fever pitches at different mo moments. I mean, look how well the Nets are playing versus earlier in the season. Uh, because they want to, and there's some urgency there. So is it just the motivation? Is it the you know new coach, new playing style? Or is the line just wrong? Are the Celtics from even teams to now, what, five points better if you switch home court advantage? Uh, where does the truth lie, in your opinion? Uh, how much should we improve the Celtics? How much should we downgrade the Warriors from what we've seen so far this season? And does this line make sense? For me, the, the Golden State Warriors right now are a little baffling to me. I think with Wiggins off the floor, that changes the dynamic of who this team is and what they try to do. I didn't like the last time that I saw Poole, Curry, and Thompson out there on the floor together. I believe they got beat. I think it was by Indiana, actually. I think, it, yeah, all right, now, it, now I'm remembering. I gave out an NBA game of the year, Mac. I really liked the Warriors in that game, and it didn't pan out so well. So I wasn't happy. Let's just leave it at that. Me personally, I don't think I could take the Warriors tonight. I would have to go ahead and see them play another game. But, no, it's tough for me to go ahead and take Boston, too. You know, there's no Al Horford there in the middle. And I think that, you know, you're starting a guy like Blake Griffin. Just who knows? I mean, I, I don't know what the Warriors are going to be able to do with the, at the rim, but they could have some success. And you and I will talk a little bit about that. I'm off the game personally. The total has shot up. It, what did it start out, Mac? Like 231 to 237, yeah. Yeah, so I think the only way that you could really look now, probably at that total, would be going ahead and look you know, look towards the under. But I don't want to buck all that money that's come in there on the over. Uh, your amazing stat, you already hit on that a little bit. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more, or are you pretty good with that one? Sure, yeah. I'll say I'll underscore it one more time. The Boston Celtics currently have 120 Offensive rating, they score 120 points per 100 possessions, which would be the best offensive rating of all time. They would set the record. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Horford when he's in there, Griffin, uh, probably a guy that was closer to a small forward when he came into the league, is now playing center. That's the style of the times, as they say. Um, and I'll just say this. Over the summer, we were talking about, you know, NBA becomes uh, kind of the theme of the dream preview. And I forget which show it was, if it was on the Fox Sports radio, but the question came up about Jordan Poole, Warriors' sixth man. 
And uh, how where does he stand in the league? What is he as an asset? Is he worth $120 million like he signed? And I'm like, well, he couldn't play against the Celtics because their offense was too good. And uh, there were scoffs and there was uh, chuckles. And it was like, well, McKenzie, you know, the Celtics are more of a defensive team. If you can't play against, you know, an average offense like the Celtics, then, you know, what does that say? Well, to Jordan Poole's credit and to mine, uh, there's, it's, all, it's never just one thing. It's never just one thing. The Celtics emerged as a historic defense last year, partly because they were so dynamic on offense. They have so many options on offense. They were able to put out lineups that were able to have 106 defensive rating, number one with a bullet last year. Well, they had to move some pieces around. Time Lord is not currently playing. He actually might have come back for this game, but he's been ruled out for Saturday. And they still have those same versatility you know, now skewed more to the offense where they're eighth in defense right now. They're not as elite. I still think they can get back there if they're playing Time Lord more, if it becomes more of a priority as we get closer to later the season. But they have those pieces to move around that furniture to rearrange to make them, um, you know, well-rounded. And that's how you win championships. That's why they're plus 340 to win it all. Next best is about six to one for the Bucks. However, all that said, if there was one player that they, that outperformed in the finals last year, it would be Time Lord. And you look at the Warrior side of the equation, they've been average. You know, their net rating is about zero. At home, plus nine for 100 possessions. It's fourth best in the league. On the road, they're the fourth worst. So I, th- I think they rally in this moment. I think as much as it means to the Celtics to uh, avenge that finals loss, I think it means something to the Warriors uh, to protect that hegemony, to say, yeah, we still got you. Curry still uh, loves this matchup against your switchable defense. So I got a strong lean here to the Warriors, especially if I get a plus three, I'll probably fire. Um, I don't think they're five points worse in net than the Celtics from just six months ago, especially without Time Lord, the most important Celtic in the finals. So strong lean to the Warriors here, but I do have a best bet in this game uh, from a prop perspective that I'll get onto uh, in a little bit here. All right. Here's my concern with Boston, Mac, is that, you know, you're playing – with this current lineup, obviously, okay, we just mentioned Horford's not there, but, you know, this offense, as you just mentioned, it's burning and churning. You have to wonder what it's going to look like when Williams comes back. I think there's going to be opportunities for us, especially to dig into the prop market on some of these guys. Maybe we look at, you know, some some first half or second half unders. Maybe we look at some player prop unders because this offense is clearly going to slow down. Um, it's not going to be able to keep up this pace, I don't believe, you know, with Robert Williams on the floor. But, uh, it says here is, you know, his return is imminent. So we'll see, uh, you know, rather sooner than later. Let me go and get into my game here, Mac. I'll make this one simple, easy handicap for me here. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Nets and the Pacers over 229. Now the Nets just played last night and tonight they're going to be without Ben Simmons, who actually has looked really good on both sides of the ball. Maybe like his last eight, 10 games, Ben Simmons has actually looked pretty good, but I think the Nets will miss his defense tonight. And the fact that they're on a back to back, I do have to wonder here a little bit about how this Nets defense holds up you know, against the young team in the Pacers who they're looking to run. They're looking to run pace, and they're going to be at home. So I'm guessing more than likely Indiana is going to dictate you know, what they're going to do here on offense, especially when it comes to the pace. And the Pacers have a high-scoring offense, and one of the leagues, I guess we can say well below average, maybe one of the league's worst defenses. But Kyrie and, and KD had it really going on last night. They looked really good. Claxton could be out for this. So there's a chance that the Nets' interior defense could be uh, a little bit suspect tonight and going up against a guy like Miles Turner. 
Uh, I think he has a chance to maybe to eat. 229 to me seems fair, but I expect the market to move on this over. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play this one over. I just don't know, you know, what this Nets defense is going to look like. And that's been one of the things that's kind of been picking up. But a lot of that's because of Ben Simmons on the floor, which he will not be tonight. So uh, that'll be my play here for tonight there, Mac. Nets Pacers over 229. Not sure if you've been watching Ben Simmons play there, Mac, but have you, have you had a chance to see what he's been looking like and any thoughts on him? What if I told you that since November 1st, a notable date in a Brooklyn Nets franchise history, you look it up, why, uh, Steve Nash, uh, the Brooklyn Nets have the sixth best defensive rating. So you're talking about picking up. Yeah, they've picked up for a month now. They've been a solid defensive unit. Ben Simmons has probably been the biggest part of that, if not Nick Claxton as well. Uh, so it seems sustainable to me. I mean, Kevin Durant is a far more um, – valuable defensive asset a two-way player than he gets credit for Kyrie Irving plays no defense that that hasn't changed but other than that you know they 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 bring out guys that uh that do it on both sides and Claxton Durant Simmons uh this isn't last year this is a solid defensive unit at this point I think yeah they're looking much better I think one of the key things with this team and you just mentioned Steve Nash is the fact that he's not there Jacques Vaughn's holding these players accountable I was watching the broadcast last night and he had like pieces of paper and he was sticking them in his back pocket. And a lot of that was due to, I think at, the, at that particular moment, was due to the Nets turning the ball over. So he's holding players accountable for what they're doing on the floor and saying like, you know, this is what we need to fix. And I think that that was, you know, a lot of the gripe that KD had was that there was a head coach that wasn't, you know, pushing these guys in practice, holding these guys accountable. And now this looks like a little bit different of a team, especially with Ben Simmons on the floor. This team actually looks... Uh, pretty damn good. And remember what Steve Nash said when he got fired, when he, when he walked into the owner's office, to his credit, they're not listening to me. They're not uh, accepting my message. So sometimes it's not necessarily, you know, something the coach is not doing. It's just, um, you know, a connection or relationship that, that's not necessarily working for and whoever's, I mean, some, it's not every, you know, like any other, like any other partnership that ends, sometimes it's not necessarily anyone's fault. Uh, it's just better um, going in a different direction. I think that a lot of that, Mac, and you probably agree here, is that there's a respect there. And it's not like we don't respect Steve Nash. It's that we don't respect the fact that this guy got a head coaching job. Never where coached he before. Have a, yep. Right. He doesn't have a lot of coaching experience. At least Jacques Vaughn has coaching experience. He can step in there, and he, he's learned things you know, from some of the best guys in the NBA. And then the guys could look at that and say, okay, we can't just completely disregard, you know, what this guy's saying. He obviously knows what he's talking about. And look, you know, Steve Nash, maybe someday down the road, maybe he'll get another, you know, coaching job somewhere. But I think sometimes you you do have to start out at the bottom of the totem pole, you know, in order to go ahead and gain respect, especially from guys in the league who, you know, are the best players in the league. All right, so here's – let me go ahead and jump into my Vegas is wrong here, Mac. I don't know if you've seen the title odds. I'm pretty sure that you have, but – Right now, the New Orleans Pelicans are 32 to 1, 35 to 1 to go ahead and win the title. I think that Vegas is wrong with that. Um, you know, if you're looking at the Pelicans right now, they're the number one team in the West, playing really well. But, Mac, that team hasn't been together as a healthy unit for, they just haven't been together a whole hell of a lot. Ingram's been out for multiple games. McCollum's been out for multiple games. Uh, right now, Herb Jones is out. So this team is still burning and churning, winning games. They're eight and two their last ten. They're on a six-game winning streak. Just took down the Suns last night. But not only do I want to go ahead and touch on 
you know, why I think that Vegas is wrong. I think these odds for for the um, Pelican should be a little bit lower, maybe somewhere around 25 to 1. I still think there's some value there to go ahead and play the Pelicans. But here's where the NBA is wrong there, Mac. I do want to go ahead and say the NBA is wrong. We now allow celebrations, right? In the MLB, we, you know, get the the bat flip, you know, they, they razz the pitcher. But not too long ago, you know, if you went ahead and you did that, the pitcher was going to go ahead, he was going to throw the ball at your head, and that was that. Well, that's basically been taken out of the game of baseball. And the NFL celebrations, you know, it, some of them are a little bit ridiculous, but some of that stuff, it's funny, it's cool. You know, it gets the, you know, gets the fan base a little excited and the players a little bit excited. They can go out there and, and do some fun stuff. But the NBA, you know, besides scoring a basket and, and you know, to go in ahead and, and flexing and screaming, which, you know, that's 100 times a game that we see that. You know, when do we really get to see like that that big celebration where a team gets to put a dagger in you well, last night, Zion Williamson from the Pelicans, he went ahead and he showed exactly what that was going to look like. So the Pelicans were up about eight, nine points, and Zion got an outlet pass from Valanciunas. There was nobody guarding Zion, and Zion went ahead up all these points with about three seconds left, and he proceeded to go ahead and do a 360 windmill dunk, and the Suns didn't take, they didn't take that very nicely. But I do have to say that, you know, with the NBA, in my opinion, with Adam Silver, they've been proactive with some things. But I do think that this is one of the things that they've kind of they're not allowing this to happen. And I think it does. I think it, it needs to happen a little bit more because one of the things, Mac, and I don't know if you agree with this. I think these younger players are out here, you know, trying to live in this TikTok type of world where they, they want these highlight reels. And look, if a team's up 10 or up 15, well, then that's your fault that you lost the game. But, you know, let this kid go ahead and have his time to shine. Let him have his highlight reel. And there could literally be a highlight reel almost at, I don't want to say every game, but probably 50% of the games we could have some highlight reel, end of the game dunk. Like, who does not want to see Zion go ahead and lay down a 360 dunk regardless of what you're up? That gets the fan base going. That gets the seats filled up. It, it gets, you know, a guy like Zion, you know, a couple minutes on ESPN or whatever. So I think the NBA is wrong. I think that the – the etiquette of the game is is will always be intact, but who cares? That's just my opinion there, Mac. I don't know if you saw the dunk last night or what you thought on that, but if MLB's willing to change, which they've been stuck uh, in the dinosaur age forever, and the NFL's allowing celebrations, then why the hell not the NBA? It wasn't just a 360 dunk. It was a throwback Vince Carter 2000 to win the dunk contest, double clutch, perfect timed exclamation point it was I mean it was the dunk of the year in it in the last 10 seconds of a game I understand the unwritten rule hold the ball out dribble out uh I remember Dwayne Wade grabbing a bucket in the playoffs to uh bump his points per game average higher than LeBron in a specific series in the first round back in the day I don't really care then I don't really care now about the fact that yes it's not necessarily to win a game you know what else is not necessarily to win a game shooting at all Two minutes left if you're up by 30. Like, why not just dribble and wait for a shot clock violation and wait for a shot clock violation and wait for the game to end? No, because you're out there to entertain. This is an entertainment product, um, and it's fun. It was, it was, it was again, it might have been the dunk of the year. It was uh, a perfect exclamation point to a great game played by the Pelicans. And, by the way, uh, to your point on – I know we had them as our, you know, win total of the year and, you know, pat ourselves on the back as much as we want – uh, they're way better than I expected. I mean, they have the second best net rating only behind the Celtics in the league. 
And uh, they're having fun in styling. I don't know how anybody could have a problem with that. When Jordan was doing the uh, rock a baby, like a uh, double clutch tongue out and dunk it, were they up 15 or 20? Would it matter? Would you like be mad at him if, if it were, oh, they were up 27 in that game? He shouldn't have done. It makes no sense. It's, it's an old man get off my lawn type argument, which by the way, means it's an argument that doesn't make sense that's based on tradition and ignorance like that's that's what that expression means it means it's someone that doesn't really care about the truth or reality but they want someone to you know get off my lawn because they you know have a a sense of pride in their uh this is the way the world should be and it's not it shouldn't be that way there's no reason for it so yeah do your 360 dunk at the end of the game stick your tongue out and wag it have some fun this is this is this is a lot of a lot of real stuff going on in the world at the moment this is this is a uh, this is fun this is fun in games literally. Yeah, I think that you know the NBA should should push for it to say, look, we're not going to fight at the end of the game. That stuff's all out of the way. It's hard enough to get some of these really good dunkers and big names, you know, to go ahead and sign up for the dunk contest. And the dunk contest has become just it's been so played out that you know, hey, if you're if you're up, go for it. You know, the other team's not going to you know take offense. To that. I think they need to start making that uh, part of the game and. You know, maybe they have, and I'm sure you'll see segments too, you know, like NBA, you know, dunk of the week or something like that. It will probably be pulled, you know, from a lot of that, uh, you know, a lot of that role. So um, with that, I, I, I will say this, Mac, Zion's a problem, dude. Like that dude is a lot better than I thought. I've been watching a lot of him recently. Big man cannot guard him because they're just too slow and guards and forwards are just, they're just too small. Like this dude's a problem. And I was thinking about this, and I was like, I'll ask Mac this. Maybe he might laugh, but, you know, Zion right now is like 50-1 to to go ahead and win the MVP. And the only reason I would even bring that up is because the Pelicans are the number one team right now in the West. Is is that something maybe we throw a pizza bet on, or is uh, it maybe, you know, grasping a little bit too much here? Huh. MVP, I have not considered that. I mean, he's playing like a top 10 player in the league, especially the last uh, couple weeks. He's accelerated coming back from injury. It makes sense that he'd get a little bit better. But um, I'm trying to think because there is a world. I mean, like I said, Pelicans second best net rating in the league. There's a world that for whatever reason, the Celtics fall off a little bit and the Pelicans, uh, who have the second best net rating, keep it up. I don't think it's crazy. The West isn't that I'm not scared of anybody in the West right now. The Suns, I think, have taken a step back. Chris Paul, big question mark, his health and status. Uh, The Warriors taking a big step. One of the worst teams, one of the worst teams in the league on the road. So if the Pelicans just maintain this level, then okay, they're going to be a top one or two seed. You generally, there's two things you need to win MVP. You got to be a top one or two seed, and you got to have the best uh, efficiency stats. We talked about it. Eleven out of the last thirteen winners have been number one in player efficiency rating or PER. I'm not sure Zion can do the latter. I think he can be the best team, best player on a team that finishes first or second in the West. But I think uh, I think he's just a little bit behind the Kevin Durant's and the Giannis's and the Lucas from a statistical perspective, but the last two weeks he hasn't been. So he, if he maintains it, uh, I'm just skeptical that uh, this isn't just, you know, a, a hot streak for him. But let me just add one more thing. The theme of this podcast, the theme of this season is versatility. And we talked about, I talked about, I think he's just going to add wherever he fits in on this team. I can't see him taking away from what the Pelicans had already built. And that's borne out where he's, like you said, too fast for centers, too big for forwards, whatever he needs to be in a specific game. Uh, he's that queen on, on a chessboard. He can do it. I think one of the reasons why he went and did that dunk there, Mac, last night was the fact that they gave the Suns a run for their money last night and Zion wasn't on the floor last year. And it was like, 
you guys are lucky that I wasn't there last year. So I'm just letting you know that, you know, it's on. So it's one of the reasons why I think he did that. But I wouldn't have a problem because I, I can only see his, his odds going down, um, you know, decreasing more and more every time. Yeah. Looking at it, you know, he's, he's eighth right now. He's actually really close to Kevin Durant and PER. Anthony Davis, number one, Luca number two. And it's not the end all be all. It's not like this, this is going to be the MVP barometer forever, especially as players and fans of the league get more stats and understand more uh, different kinds of ways to measure this stuff. But um, what's the odds again? I mean, it's it's not out of the question. It's not beyond uh, the realm of possibility for sure. Well, his odds are 50 to one right now. And I think that one of the things why I was really considering this is that the NBA is looking for a face of their league. And Zion was like supposed to be that guy, right? And he comes in and. Well, here's a question for you. We've, we've talked about this before. It's been bandied about right now. Who do you take Zion Williamson or John Morant, the number one and number two picks of that draft. I came in as a Zion guy uh, when Ja had that crazy season and Zion wasn't even playing last year. It seemed like an idiot to say Zion. I'm back there. I'm back now saying I'd rather have Zion Williamson to start a franchise going forward than John Morant. What do you, what do you think about that? It's tough. It's close. It's tough because the sample size for Zion is so much smaller than it is for Ja and, 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 Jaw has those highlights, so I don't know. Um, I'm still on the fence. I think the jury's out for both of those guys to potentially see, you know, which one's better. I don't know. It's tough, Matt, because I love John Morant. Like, he's just – he's amazing for the game. But I think Zion is growing. You know, he's the same size as Jordan, but he has the athletic ability of LeBron. So um, he's only going to get better. His outside game isn't there yet. He, he doesn't take a whole lot of threes, and if that ever happens, he's the same. He's the same height as Jordan, and somehow he's the same size as LeBron. Like it is crazy. Yeah, it's it's a freak. It's a freakish thing. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But if you guys haven't been watching Zion or you haven't been watching the Pelicans, um, I recommend you do because you know after he did the that last night must see TV dunk, um, you guys are missing out. All right, so we went a little long on on why I think Vegas is wrong and why I think the NBA is wrong. But let's go ahead and let's get into our favorite segment here on one of our podcasts, and that's NBA Jeopardy with Mackenzie Mack. I made this really short because I thought maybe we would go long on the last segment, so uh, my prediction was right there. So let's talk about a guy that we just mentioned, Michael Jordan, longtime Chicago Bull great. Uh, Also played baseball, and I'm sure some of you guys actually know that. Let me ask you this question there, Mack. How many major league home runs did your boy Michael Jeffrey Jordan hit in his entire major league career? You know, I was just watching a little bit The Last Dance, as I do from time to time. And uh, it mentioned that Jordan, who famously hit 13 consecutive shots in his first NBA Finals win, started his baseball career with a 13-game hitting streak. Joe DiMaggio Jordan, well, not quite 55, but still 13 games to start your minor league career it's it's not nothing you know people make fun of his baseball ability to me it's pretty impressive to come off cold and do that uh i know he had a bit of a slump to end that season uh with 13 games i think he was more of a power hitter you know he was very fast but uh you know six six gangly guys not gonna not gonna be a, a average guy um i'm gonna say 15 home runs he hit his first minor league season 15 well the question was in his major league career. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and by the way, he never played the major league. So you mean his, his baseball career? Major league career. See, I was trying to stump you. I want. Oh, zero. Zero. He, he, he never made it. That's right. He never made it. He actually played. He actually only played in one major league game, but it was he did. an ex- exhibition game. Oh, okay. So, okay. Um, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah, it actually went down. He actually played the Chicago Cubs, and he actually had a really good game. He actually helped them. Uh, it, the game ended up in a tie, but Jordan did pretty well in that game. But, yeah, zero home runs for Jordan in his MLB career. You tried to trick me. I thought maybe you would get that right off the bat. But, you know, Jordan was, you know, two-sport athlete. That's cool. And here's another guy that's in the news, Deion Sanders, another two-sport athlete. So, Mac, your daily double. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go – I'll give you I'll give you the the Hunter pregame bulk dollars there for the for the, the correct answer on Jordan with zero home runs. I'll give you that one. The judges say it's cool. Ooh, slid in, slid in. Yeah, so your Hunter pregame bulk dollars, how much of that you want to wager here on double jeopardy? I'm a wager at all, Kent. All right, so Deion Sanders, two-sport athlete as Michael Jordan was. True or false question here, Mac. Deion Sanders got his nickname primetime for the first time playing the game of basketball and not football or baseball. Mm. I had to make it a true double daily double, and you teased me, telling me it was going to be about Deion Sanders. I was all ready to talk about the day he almost played the World Series and an NFL game at the same time, but he didn't get put in the second one of those. But I have no idea about his, his primetime nickname, so i got to think about it logically. Um, NBA, Showtime, Lakers, 80s. You know, that's that was kind of the center point of the culture as far as uh, what was happening at 7 o'clock Eastern, a.k.a. primetime. So without further stalling, I'm going to take a random guess. And on this NBA podcast, you're going to talk about a fun fact that highlights the exciting game of basketball. So I'm going to say Deion Sanders was first called primetime true during a basketball game. That is true there, Mackenzie. You win 200 pregame bulk dollars. Victory! That surprised me. And I actually was reading up on some Deion stuff. Obviously, many of you probably know that Deion is now the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, I think he's going to do great things there in Colorado, but I guess he went out there, Mac, and in his North Fort Myers high school game, he went out and scored 30 points on the basketball floor, and that was the game, supposedly, where he got the name prime time. So it carried right over into college football, carried over, obviously, in you know baseball and, and the NFL. So that was where Deion Sanders got his nickname, prime time, in a basketball game. So... That'll help out your basketball acumen there, Mac, and some uh, crazy trivia stuff. So with that out of the way, let's go and let's get into some coupon stuff here, Mac. I don't know if you guys have been over to pregame.com, but currently right now we have our college football bowl contest, the top 10 places. We'll go ahead and receive prizes. First prize, $1,000 value, $500 cash, $500 bulk dollar. Second place, $250 cash, $250 bulk dollars, and then it just runs on down the line. There's a lot of money. Uh, at stake here. Simply go to pregame.com. You guys will go ahead and you'll make 20 minimum picks, 50 pick maximum. And you guys could go ahead and pick all the bowl games that you want. And if you guys finish with the best winning percentage, you'll go ahead and take down the top prize. You'll have bragging rights and all of that. Um, that That's one of our best contests at pregame. And it's, it's free to sign up there, Mac. I don't know how you feel there, Mac. I usually will sign up for this one. And if I win, obviously I'm, you know, giving the money to usually what I... Usually what I do when I'm when I'm up the top there, Mac, or if I do win these because I sign up for these, you know, for you know all the years that I've been at pregame. Yeah, I'll either try to tank or if I do win, I just go ahead and contact pregame brass and the second place guy and he ends up getting all the money. So look, if I beat you, you're probably still gonna make out if you're in second. So I don't know. How you feeling, Mac, about that? 
That's interesting. I, I got to reach out to pregame brass myself because I had been under the impression that we were barred. We were disbanded. We were, uh, you know, limited from our, our contest participation because, yeah, I look at those contests with a little jealous eye thinking I could win that. I could I could beat McKenzie in the NBA. Well, I mean, I at least tie him. And um, the Survivor Contest in the World Cup, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people just got knocked out or look like they're about to get knocked out with Portugal here. Um, I kind of lean Morocco. Yeah, I, I like putting my acumen to the test when I can, especially when it's a free roll like these contests are. So um, I got to talk to pregame brass. I might, I might be joining this bowl contest sooner rather than later. And, of course, if I win, it ain't about the money. I'll you know, give it to the second-place team, but uh sounds fun. Yeah, it is fun. And you guys, one of the things with doing a contest like that is that you're digging and diving into, you know, all the games and you're going ahead and you're, you know, really sharpening your, you know, you're sharpening your tools just, you know, for bowl season. But, you know, there's a lot of a lot of news that breaks with these games where, you know, when bowl season comes around, a lot of it's based off information. It's based off of information and motivation. And if you're going ahead and you're doing well in the contest and, you know, if you're really up there, you know, you're probably deep diving and not only do you have a chance to win money here, you're probably going to do quite well, you know, win your own bets. And look, if you guys haven't been to pregame, go there and you guys can get a free $25 just for signing up. You could pick up, you know, McKenzie's pick or something like that. You can go in and get Fezzik's, you know, maybe like an NFL pick or something like that for this Sunday. So go over there, get your free 25, get a pick for this weekend and go ahead and get in that bowl contest. As I said, first place, $1,000 value if you do win. But again, top 10 people will go ahead and get some money. Uh, out of that with that out of the way let's go let's talk about our contest there mac uh that we're gonna go ahead we're gonna move the fezzik bankroll bet we're gonna go ahead and we'll do that after the football season it's gonna be a lot easier for us to go ahead and and, and get that part right so we're gonna go ahead we're gonna continue to do um our our five player contest and we're gonna go ahead we'll call this the saturday five so mac you picked out the five guys today i'll let you go ahead and rip a run with these guys we're getting a little bit late here so we'll go ahead, give our five guys out. You guys will get this thread in the form. Put your five players in there. If you have the highest combined score with the five guys, you'll get 55 pregame bulk dollars. Mac, you got the five guys picked out for today. Who are we looking at? Uh, here are five players. We think we'll score the most points on Saturday. Jason Tatum, finals revenge, no Wiggins, no Gary Payton, none of the obstacles of last year's Warriors team. I think he's going to have a big day. More on him in a minute. Damian Lillard. Uh, pretty simple, 230 high total. Timberwolves are the fourth worst team against opposing point guards in terms of allowing them to score. SGA, he goes on our card. Every time the guy wins, every time there's a contest, he's on the winning ticket. Uh, very consistent, putting up Jordan-like numbers as far as 30 points, four rebounds, four assists, one block, one steal. Two guys have done that in history, Jordan, SGA. He's trying to make the All-Star starting five. I think he has another big day here. Steph Curry. Always has a big day against the Boston Celtics. Uh, had his best series ever against them. Their switchy style, he seems to excel against. And then um, Luka Doncic. Uh, again, just another guy, very consistent. You want to put in this, because he usually wins it. Usually the winning ticket has Luka Doncic. We want to win one of these. We got close last time. We want to win one of these. We're going to pick Luka uh, because he's Mr. Consistent, and that's what you need here. So those are our five players. Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, SGA, Steph Curry, and my man Luka Doncic. Don Chich, Don Chich, I've, I've learned this, Don Chich, yes. All right, well, there's our five guys. Um, the only guy that I would have strongly considered, too, would probably have been Jokic. Kind of liked him a little bit tonight, too. I think he might. Have, I think he's in line for a big game there tonight. Uh, but you mentioned it, Mac, almost one last time. I think we were only by, like, two points or something like that. So we're coming. 
we're coming to get that free money and rollover uh, for you guys. Let's get into some best bets here, Mac. Uh, let me go first. I'll, I'll make this one pretty quick. Actually, you want to go first? You, you had a player prop, right? Yeah, and we've I've already talked this game. I've talked this player, so I might as well make it official. Uh, my best bet for this Saturday card is Jason Tatum over 29.5 points. He had a famously miserable shooting finals in the 2022 finals. Uh, it was much like Kobe Bryant's first finals, you know, under 40%. Much like LeBron James' first finals, under 40%. The moment when you are the guy, when you have, you know, 50% more possessions that you got to figure out what to do than the next best guy on your team, which was the case last year in the finals, it's difficult. And historically, even the best of the best have struggled. However, LeBron James against the Mavericks the year after 2011 eviscerated him. Kobe Bryant coming back against the um, Pistons later on in his career, it meant something. I think Jason Tatum here not only has the motivation to make a point that he's not the guy that only was scoring 24 on terrible efficiency last year's finals. He also has way more opportunity than usual because like I mentioned, Andrew Wiggins is not going to be there. And last year, their best defender off the bench, Gary Payton, the second is not going to be there. There's a reason this total is not 215 like it was on average in last year's finals, 214, 212, anywhere in that range. No, it's 23 points higher. It's 237 you got to ask yourself, who's going to grab the bulk of that additional scoring? I don't think anyone's more motivated and playing better right now, by the way, 30 points in five out of his last seven games. I think he's played more minutes than usual. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder throughout the entire game. Best bet, Jason Tatum over 29 and a half points. I love the motivation angle there. And I think with Tatum that this is like a hurdle that he has to get over. I think Boston has to get over this hurdle that they can go into Golden State, win, and Tatum could have a big game. It's not like he didn't do it before, but, you know, the fact that they lost, you know, the finals last year, it's like we got to get right back and, and, and you know, put a Band-Aid on this if there's any, you know, type of a, you know, crappy feelings, you know, with Tatum and the way that things went. Yeah, change the narrative. Change the feeling about your your matchup with the Warriors for sure. So I think he's in for line for a big game, so I dig that one. See if you dig my best bet here, Mac. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Clippers minus five and a half. I think tonight I'm going to end up getting a full run out of Kawhi and PG. They're both going to be in the starting lineup there. Reggie Jackson, he's going to go ahead. He's going to sit here for the Clippers. So you're going to get John Wall in here, and he was a former Washington Wizard. He's going to make his first start here for the Clippers. So perhaps there's motivation here with John Wall. The Clippers' road trip right now, it's going to end up turning out bad if they end up losing this game. Uh, The Clippers are coming off of, what, three straight losses, back-to-back losses. Actually, yeah, back-to-back losses for them. And it's been a pretty rough road here for them. And they're going to go back home, and they don't have a picnic of a schedule going back back west either. The Wizards, they just played last night, so it sets up here as a back-to-back for them. The Wizards starters, uh, they all went like 30-plus minutes last night, so that's not good for them. There's just not a whole lot here that really lines up for the Wizards. The market moved in here on the Clippers early. I agree with that. And another key reason for me of liking the Clippers here, you know, with the Wizards on a back-to-back, and if you guys have been looking at this team, like they have injuries. They have a couple guys that are sitting out right now. Their bench depth right now is not good. Their bench scoring is absolutely terrible right now. But the Clippers, number one bench scoring in the league, and they should be – well off tonight. I think they'll they'll be fine. So I think we have advantage here with the starters. I think we have advantage here with the bench players. Wizards on a back-to-back don't like them here. And the Clippers need to go ahead and get a win after two straight uh, losses here. They have to close out this road trip 
uh, with a win because it's not going to get easy when they get back home. I think they opened up against the Suns. I think Golden State's in there. It's just not going to be easy. So I see max motivation from the Clippers here. I like the usage with Kawhi. It's starting to pick up. And if I could get Kawhi and PG out there kind of in a, in a little bit of a salty mood in, in a must-win, uh, I certainly like that against the Wizards because the Wizards, to me, uh, are starting to fall on hard times. They're not looking all that great. So make that my best bet there, Mac. Clippers minus five and a half. What do you think? Can I get your stamp of approval on that one? You got strong agreement. Two things I really like that you mentioned. Uh, Wizards, they're uh, you know not a star-driven team, but they're extremely thin right now uh, with the injuries piling up for them. Will Barton hasn't been playing well, won't be out there. And then the Clippers, you start to look at the standings, Warriors and Clippers, the two you know, Western favorites are out of the playoffs right now. They got to change that with alacrity. Kawhi Leonard didn't play the last game. He should be, uh, you know, fully rested to play 30 minutes in this game. I got a strong agreement with me. Following me on pregame.com, that just might make uh, my Saturday card here. Uh, Clippers minus five and a half. Good pick. Yeah, and no Bradley Beal either for the Wizards tonight. So falling on hard times, I think they're going to be a little stretched then here trying to find some offense. Uh, let's go and let's find a guy that we think will go ahead and Give us some offense maybe tonight in our agreed-upon player prop bet. Uh, Mac and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a look uh, at that game between the Celtics and the Warriors. We're going to go ahead. We're going to play Kevon Looney over 17.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Shop around. Look at, at some different books. We found this one on BetMGM, 17.5 over at minus 110. Mac, you have a couple reasons. I have a couple reasons. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run first. Looney, what are we looking at? So when you look at the Warriors rotation, I think you got to do it from a game-by-game -game perspective, what they're going to try to achieve. James Wiseman, they just brought back from the G League. They want to make an asset, whether they trade him, whether they keep him. Number two overall pick, uh, he's too valuable not to play or find a way to, to play or to move, which you kind of need to play him to move him. That's not the question here. That's not the issue here. In this game, I mentioned it before, they want to keep the Celtics down. They want to keep the Celtics in their mind second fiddle to the defending NBA champions. That is what NBA defense is all about. So I think Wiseman's minutes are going to be minimalized here because when he has been on the court this year, they've been night and day. Talk about their home road splits. It's almost the exact same dichotomy with Looney on versus Wiseman on, where they're losing by 10 points a game with Wiseman on per 100 possessions, and they're actually a decent team when Looney and the starting five are out there. So I think he plays max minutes, and then you look at his matchup, that's another reason I like this. Blake Griffin, he's only been playing. He's been starting when he's in there, 20, 25 minutes a game. I'm not sure if they can play another big alongside Looney. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, Bill Russell in it out there, uh, taking down all the defensive rebounds and kind of staying weighted on that side of the court as everybody else runs up and down. Uh, that's how I see the matchup playing out. And uh, this number just really hasn't adjusted. You look at the last few games without Wiggins, uh, he continues to excel. So, Looney over 17 and a half points and rebounds. All right. And assists. Yep. I dig it. I think one of the things that, and the assisting is interesting because Looney will go out there and he'll, on occasion, he'll get you three, four, five assists, which I don't even think that's even factoring in this number. I think Looney can easily go out there with the matchup that he has against Griffin, or let's just say it's, it's Grant Williams. He can go out there and grab himself, you know, eight, nine, 10 boards. And I think he can go out there and get, you know, eight, nine, 10 points. But the assist is something that I think that we could steal this one. Because the total's at 237. Like, they're telling you that there's going to be a lot of shots put up tonight and probably a lot of misses in this game. And Looney can go ahead and, uh, you know, grab a bunch of rebounds and probably assist the basketball. 
uh, more than a couple of times. And he knows this Boston team. Like, if there's anybody out there, Wiseman's not going to know what the hell to do. He's going to say, okay, you know, this worked for us or this worked for us. I think there's going to be a lot of scripted plays, Mac, that, that probably, you know, Kerr goes and he says, all right, let's 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 do this, let's do that. Um, that involve, you know, Looney, you know, taking advantage of some of those uh, lesser matchups. So we'll go ahead. We'll do that. We'll go ahead. We'll play Kevon Looney over 17 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for our agreed-upon player prop bet. But that'll wrap it up there, guys. That's it for the NBA Dream Podcast. You guys could always catch us on the RJ Bell's Dream Podcast feed. And you can find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast. As I said, Mackenzie and I, we're going to be coming back with our NBA Bet Tank Pods. And then after the football season's over, we'll go ahead and we'll give you guys the full gambit. You guys will get enough of Mackenzie and I. You'll probably get sick of hearing our voices. But with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck here. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games for today. And we'll talk to you guys next week.